0: In case you missed it, my book, Anatomy of Abundance, hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine organization. Shine organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, I'm excited that you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about invisible chronic illnesses and how we can turn setbacks into our superpower. My guest today is Rebecca Mass Kraevsky. She is a hypermobility and Ehlers-Danlos expert, a speaker and educator, a medical detective, a board-certified family nurse practitioner, and the owner of the EDS Clinic, where she solves medical mysteries, validates the struggles of her clients, and opens the door for them to be officially diagnosed and begin a health transformation. Rebecca is a dynamic speaker on a mission to dissolve the idea that patients dealing with these conditions are hopeless or exaggerating their symptoms, and train a nationwide team of experts who can connect the intricate details of disjointed medical workups and make meaningful treatment plans that align with the patient's goals. Welcome, Rebecca.
1: Hey, Dr. Sabrina, I am so excited to talk about this because I have been recognizing today that I have been doing detective work since I was a kid. I wanted to be Sherlock Holmes when I was seven years old, got into college and realized that crime was not the best for someone as empathetic as me, so I turned into healthcare. care, and it brings so much soul satisfaction to me.
0: Wow. So how... How did you come into this specialty? Were you a medical detective?
1: Mm, Yes. So I would say starting when I was 11-ish, I just didn't feel as healthy as the other kids. Every sport I played from junior high through high school, I failed out of due to injuries. So third degree ankle sprains, end up on crutches, uh, neck thrown out, can't move it, do the butterfly stroke in high school and back spasms. And nobody else was having these problems. So I I think I have a pretty high tolerance for pain. But as a kid, I was made fun of and called a because something was always wrong. Continued through high school, continued into college. No one ever found anything. And after a while, you get convinced that it's really all in your head and that there's just nothing to be done except for keep going through it take the ibuprofen like they tell you to, take the ice and heat, try to get good rest, do yoga. And then when I was 35, I went to a spine doctor who said, you are incredibly flexible, here's a handout. And I had been showing off how flexible I was, I could touch my toes, I could put my hands behind my back. He said, this is not good, you're not supposed to do these things. When I sat in front of his office reading a 15 page handout, on a beautiful April day in Seattle, which is not very common, in my entire life made sense. And this one handout from one of the original Taylor Stanlow specialists, I Coast. And I sat there saying, I'm not crazy. I'm not a hypochondriac. This is probably the thing that I have, and it has a name. And being a woman in science, if something has a name, I know how to deep dive the internet and research like nobody's business. Back then, there was no one for me to go to. No one who could put two and two together who could give me expert advice on what to do next. It was go back to physical therapy, take ibuprofen when you need it, continue doing all the good work you're already doing. I did not need another pat on the back. I need someone who was going to give me actionable advice based on evidence. So since there was no one, I deep dove everything like I do, and I became the person that I needed. And then over the years, I started collecting patients in primary care because i was everyone's friendly empathetic pcp i was doing your pap smears and your sinus infections and your newborn kids and you can love it be great at it then have these people where when they're talking they say something you say keep talking on that because that is important that could get us to the bottom of the mystery of your life and it gives me chills whenever someone gives me that tidbit when they're talking about something completely unrelated and say, I think we just found the source of work things coming from We can possibly get to a name for you. And the more I get into this research, the more I learned that hypomodal Ehlers-Danlos, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, mast cell activation syndrome are really a trifecta. If you're super lucky, it expends the Pentad. A, a lot of research in that area. And POTS has had its moment now with long-haul COVID. Because so much of what we see with long-haul COVID is really postural orthostatic tachycardia. You are tired as hell, and your body hates gravity. You get up, you feel awful, you lay back down and feel fine. So I love solving these medical mysteries for people with invisible illness because they've been invalidated and gaslit for their entire lives.
0: Wow. And... I guess because you're empathetic, you do a lot of listening as opposed to usually when you go to the doctor, there's usually a lot of talking, like, you know, and it's very quick.
1: Very quick. The average clinic visit is twelve to fourteen minutes in the United States, and that includes them charting. It makes me sad. I know we will never go back to that mom and pop style clinic that is not where the insurance model sends us, but that got us the empathy and the validation of symptoms that we needed. Even if we didn't get any farther. I swear my people feel 30% better just with the validation of, sorry, you don't feel normal and we can work on this. These symptoms are real. You're not imagining them.
0: Yeah. So I don't even know how Western medicine got to this point where it's been reduced to 12 minutes and only focusing on the physical part of you that something's wrong and just checking that one part out and then ignoring the rest of you.
1: Right. Right. I think when we started getting paid for it, because insurance pays based on time. So the more time you spend is the less that people get paid. So it's something any provider who's looking in terms of dollar signs, the more patients you see is the more money you make. If your practice works on that model, a lot of them lately, including a big university near me, went just went to salary. So now the thought is that they could have more time with patients. I don't know if it's happening in actuality but that most people need a couple more minutes to talk. And I know from my side of it, we could use more time to write down our thoughts on you then we'd remember enough the next time that we could eventually get to the bottom of the mystery in a regular clinic setting.
0: Sure. And, and when you work with patients, what kind of tests are you running that's different than what a regular doctor would do? The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is BrainTap. BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain. So, you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10 cycle holographic music. And with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes.
1: I do the fancy test, mm. brain. So I'll take everything they already have done, and I'll find out what's missing. And then we will do a fancy test, particularly looking at mast cell issues. So mast cells exist in everyone's bodies. And when you have mast cell activation, you also tend to see a lot of food sensitivities, chemical sensitivities. If someone sprays perfume, you're going to get a rash. You're not going to breathe well. You might get a migraine versus someone else is just fanning their face for a few minutes. It could knock you out for the whole day. Those ones you can actually validate in laboratories. And the best one is to take someone's old colonoscopy and have it stained for mast cells. They can find them and they are required to keep your colonoscopy for 10 years. So, I get a lot of people's diagnosis off nine year old dating. And there's nothing as satisfying as not having another colonoscopy to look into something you already had all along, that you got given the wrong label for. Because I do not feel that IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, is a real diagnosis. We give you that diagnosis because you are craving a name for whatever, you know, pendulum of constipation, diarrhea, you're going through, your GI hurts and you need some options. But they had to do a colonoscopy for it and give you the name. So then I'll take that data and tell you what it really means because now it opens up this wealth of options, whether you're a supplement person, food person, or just give me some pharmaceuticals. We have options for everybody. We don't have to work in just take this pill. It's also, hey, perhaps your body doesn't process dairy properly. And it's angering your system all the time and keeping you inflamed. There's a lot of things that we're in control of with invisible illness. We just haven't been given the clues to get. Mm. I really want to get these people with multiple overlapping invisible illnesses empowered to make their own choices. It's not just go up for 12 minutes, send in a prescription, you go pick and you try it. It doesn't work. You come back again. We do not need that revolving door. So when I work with clients, we'll make a plan, but then we message back and forth, is it working? Did we try it too fast? Can we slow down a bit? Because my people are particularly prone to reactions to medications because their system can't handle one more thing. Right. Not the scientific explanation there. Wow. We know the epidemic of pain in the US, not even just from the opioid standpoint. We're all working ourselves to death and we are tired and that was before the pandemic so for the pandemic some people's best lives got enabled because now they didn't have to physically leave the house they could work from home did they start working 14 hours because they were afraid of getting laid off but they still sitting at their eight to ten right that wishy-washy boundaries also enables more pain oh yeah and i know both of our clients tend to get stuck because it's do we say no or do we hold on to, would they lay me off if I say I can't work that many hours anymore? Can my body physically sit in that chair?
0: Wow. So let's talk about those boundaries. I mean, it's boundaries with work. It's boundaries with family, you know, loved ones and feeling like sometimes like we can't say no.
1: And say no to ourselves too. Mm-hmm. So if, if you ask someone you know, who are the top three people in your life, you should always be the most important person in your own life.
0: That's right. Say that again.
1: (laughs) You should always be the most important person in your own life. If you do not take care of yourself, no one else is going to. They might lead you to it. We'll make recommendations. But unless you decide that you're going to change things, nothing changes. So most people nowadays, you want to stay up late if you have a job, if you have small kids, because you want your alone time. It's okay for an early bedtime to be a treat. I'm going to treat myself to my hot pad underneath my neck because Seattle is cold and my freshly washed bleach sheets. And that's going to be my date night to go to bed early because I know the next day I will feel so much better. Then boundaries with family. Having no be your default answer is fine. Having let me think about it is fine. Also, not texting back immediately. Be the person who never responds in less than an hour. Be the person who doesn't respond for twenty four hours. It's too bad we can't have an out of office message in our own lives. Rebecca's out of the office or out of the home, and she'll be back to you in twelve to fourteen hours.
0: I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm definitely a big do not disturb person. My phone is in do not disturb most of the day, uh, particularly in the evening. Once seven thirty hits, that's it, and people can text me. I see it in the morning. Good morning. <laughs> Start the conversation again. Yep. Um, so tell me about like your clients. How long have most of them been looking for answers before they, they get to you?
1: They, my average client is 30 to 50 years old. They've been looking for answers since they were about 16. I'd say most of their health started feeling less than ideal around the same time they got their period. Wow. Because hormones set off hypermobility. Some of them have been unwell since elementary school, and they remember feeling different than other kids, not tolerating school lunches, mostly due to food intolerances with the people I see. is going into clinics really often as a young kid. And so then you're already doing an investigation between 16 and 22 years old. So by the time I get you, you're at least 10, if not 15 years into it. And I have a couple of clients in their 60s wow whereas is this the unifying diagnosis for me or i've got these few but what are we missing because when we work on these nothing's happening so what's at the base of those is there a diagnosis that's setting off the others so a lot of my people it's their mast cells that are underlying the issues that we've given names to so i think we get immense validation even just talking about it and there's so much in clinic notes that we don't tell people that means something to me. It doesn't mean anything to the client. So having a new set of eyes on old data can
0: be really helpful. And how long do you work with clients before you, they start noticing an improvement?
1: I'd say with validation, it's the next day. So I see someone, we typically start out with an hour and a half together. I see a lot of tears. I see a lot of the productive version of ranting because to me, you're telling me the stories that I need to hear, even if you didn't have a good experience with someone else. They did some tests and I want to know about those ones. But typically people will say the next day, it's more, you're still fell shocked. I might really have this thing. We're missing one more step. But then knowing that I have steps to take where I can feel better, mm-hmm. typically by four to six weeks in. I've recently had multiple people who are trying out the same intervention say, you know, I feel like I'm smiling more often. I have a little bit more patience and I can tell that my stiffness in the morning has gone from three hours to one hour. That's a big win for someone who felt like life was unmanageable until the afternoon. I typically work with them for about three or four visits Mm -hmm. and by the fourth visit, which is normally about four to five months in. We've worked through numerous steps that we can do. And overall, they have 30% less pain, 20% more energy, if not more, or we're actively working on the things to give them energy. Because it's great to have less pain, but then what are you going to do if you still can't move? You're still too tired to get going.
0: Got it. Got it. So it's kind of like you're a meta detective, but you also dish out hope and belief in possibilities and oh, yeah. give people the answers that they haven't been able to get.
1: I'm really empathetic. And my favorite thing to do is kind of whether it's like with you or it's with clients. I love sharing stories of success. So often clients will say, I am just dying to be one of your stories. Like, I want you to share my success story with someone else to give them hope that someone that was as broken and hopeless as me is now doing so well. And with that, I mean, I always tell people I am not a counselor because I will also always side with you. I will always take your side. <laughs> so it's always good to have a neutral third party therapist because we need someone who's neutral and will give you the questions that then prompt you to put in the boundaries. I like to give clients that are particularly stuck an affirmation to work on where they read one in the morning and one at night that even though I can't see it, my body is healing in a small way
0: every day. That's so important. That is so important. Wow. So do most of your clients also see other practitioners, therapists, or? Oh, yes. We create a team.
1: Okay. So we have a whole team approach. So I am typically the detective and the coordinator. So especially those that I call professional patients, They've been doing this for seven to 10 years. They mostly know their diagnoses, but when things happen, they don't know who to go to on what issue. So then I'll say, if it's if it's in this realm, this is for your neurologist. If it's in this realm, this is for your spine doctor. If it's the random oddities, that is for me. If I find something really funny in my fancy labs, I'll say, okay, this is for so-and-so because I know so-and-so has the power to get the next step. I don't have that power. I can get you to it. So I already did all the legwork for them. You need this super fancy thing. I need insurance to pay for it. So you go to that human being. I also teach my clients how to talk to their providers because when you're not in the system, you don't know how we think. So if you can talk through the same way that we would organize our notes, we'll follow your flow so much better. And we will turn that 14 minutes into a sensation of 40 minutes but most people go in and you verbal vomit on the provider. The provider goes, what the hell is going on here? Like you gave me this list of symptoms or you brought me an arena paper and like, I'm already late for my next person. So I set my clients up for success with whoever they're going to see because we need their skill set. So let's help them help us. I teach them how to be like a likable, complicated patient. You don't need to butter us up. We just need a good presentation.
0: Wow. So what are some tips you give them? I love this.
1: First one is generally, I even do it myself. I say, I'm Rebecca. I'm a complicated patient. These are my top three diagnoses. I'm coming in today to talk to you about this problem. Let's work on it. As opposed to, oh my gosh, well, I see this spine doctor and my neck was and I had surgery and I had this thing happen two months ago. It doesn't matter. None of that is important. I have a lot of people prep for it. I had someone recently who moved far away and I taught her how to interview her new providers. She went to four of them and she said, okay, I found my good fit person. Based on the script that you gave me, they listened and we got 10 times further and they didn't
0: get stuck on something that was unimportant. I love that because we feel like we're stuck when we go to the doctor, like we put all of our eggs in that one basket and we're like, okay, they got to help us. Nobody thinks about stopping to interview them.
1: One that you've probably been waiting four months to see here if you're that special exactly we don't want them to say like okay i'll, I'll check and see if you're anemic well, i've done that one seven times i'm still tired i'm not anemic do not
0: tell me to get better sleep one more time i am trying yes we already know all those tips we're, we're looking at enough. the pain scale like the number line i'm like there's got to be a better way to describe pain other than by this number on this scale
1: yes yes or which body part do you want me to pick
0: Exactly. Like-,
1: like, hey, the migraine. Well, that's an eight, but my left knee's been bugging me and that's a four. Can I have 10 scales? Can we divvy it up by body? Because these are invisible and chronic illnesses. And that is not a fair pain scale.
0: Exactly.
1: My people will never be a zero. Like a zero is not reasonable on the standard scale. But what's comfortable? Like most people, I say, like I could live comfortably at a three every day. I wouldn't be thinking actively about, oh my gosh, that that hurt really hurts, or when I'm walking, my hip
0: is completely. Three's comfortable. Exactly, that's great. And then I think it's important for doctors to know how what the impact is on your your daily functioning. You know, not just like you're in pain, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't take the top off the the medicine bottle. I couldn't, you know, like this is how it's impacting. I couldn't lift the pan to cook. Recently, I went my my mom to the doctor. Such a good point. And, and my mom had lost all this weight, and you know, my sister's in a panic. I said, "Would well, you ask her what, what what's going on?" She said, "No." So I asked her. I'm like, "What's going on? Why why aren't you eating?" And she's like, "I couldn't lift the skillet; it was too heavy. She was using an old cast iron oh. skillet, and she couldn't even straighten her hand out. Yep. And she's like, "Then I tried to take the pizza out the oven, and I couldn't manage the tray, and I dropped it to the floor." So she got frustrated. So she just didn't ask for help or, sh- and she wasn't eating. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to ask her like, if help. I can't do this, I'm just going to eat. Yeah. Less. And I'm like, and we're going to meal prep and I'm going to freeze everything for you. So it's just little portions for you to heat up new pans, much lighter. I said, so you can't use the cast iron skillet. That's it. Yep. Until we figure out what's going on with your hand, no heavy pans. So she was so much happier, but I'm like, yep. I'm telling the doctor, like, Yeah, it's to the point where she's not eating. This is a problem. She's not eating because she's frustrated by the whole process of cooking for herself.
1: Yeah, no, the impact on what you can do every day is so critically important. I'm thrilled that you brought that up because healthcare doesn't ask enough. So someone says, my neck is hurting. Well, what can you not do because it is hurting? Oh, I can't actually turn and check my blind spot. That's an important level of neck pain. I have a lot of people with wrist issues, just like your mom. And it's so they're eating more takeout because they can't cut the vegetables. So we're talking, okay, for your vegetables, let's do bag salad, baby carrots until we get your wrist on what's in the scope of what's possible. Because if we don't have enough nutrition, just like in your mom, not only will you lose weight, but then you get deconditioned where your body is not actively strong enough to keep yourself moving and energy begets energy. And you're already tired and protein, whatever form you wanted and protein heals your cells. If you're regularly skipping dinner because you're too tired to cook, your body stays inflamed overnight and you wake up feeling more shitty than you felt the night before. But yet you slept for 10 hours. Why do you not feel better? Because your cells are yelling at you. Wow. And your wrist hurt. So you couldn't cook and there was nothing easy. Anyway, like in my clients, there's a lot of accessibility devices. So special knives for cutting. Oh. Because most of my people subtly dislocate their thumbs whenever they're chopping. So it's a knife where you don't have to press down with your thumb. How do they order those? Are those like available? Oh, they're all online. Accessibility knives. Like, it's like a cane for cooking. <laughs> huh. Yeah, and like lightweight cans. I remember when I could not lift a regular frying pan off the stove with my right hand. I had to lift it with my left because it just hurt too much all the time. Okay. And most of my people tend to be quite thin, sometimes malnourished, or they are eating things that are not good for their system. And then they tend to be on the rounder side, but it's also protective. I've had some people lose a bunch of weight and then more joints fall out of place. We just want you to be all comfortable, happy and nourished in your body. I'm not gonna make you eat one particular food. We have to eat enough of the right things, including good fats, to keep ourselves continually healing, because most chronic illness people are used to living in a state of inflammation. Your body's always fighting. It's this internal battle for the autoimmune folks, and then for others with connective tissue disorders like the Ehlers-Danlos, it's that your body is physically fighting to hold itself upright all day long. The muscles are not talking well, which is why people have a lot of muscle tension, so like your muscles in your neck or the curve of your neck is not what would be standard human anatomy. So your head always feels too heavy for your shoulders. You get a lot of neck tension. It's not just the computer factor.
0: Wow.
1: With the onset of cell phones and looking down being so popular, most of us have lost, lost the curve in the back of our neck. And your neck is supposed to be a pogo stick, not a lollipop stick. But most people are lollipop sticks. There's no spring, no spring at all. And that feels awful. That causes tension on the back of your head. It'll give you a migraine or a tension headache. And you're always doing the stretch. You're at work on the computer. And you're like, but my neck is just so damn tight. Wow. Nobody wants to hear that they need to go to PT again because PT is hard work. It takes time. We don't have the time. And then you have to do the home exercises. And they're so boring. (laughs) So incredibly effective, but so boring. And I know that, that 10 to 15 commitment once a day in minutes. It's rough. Maybe 50% of people do it.
0: And the PTs can tell. Wow. There really is no quick fix. Everything requires time, effort.
1: Yes. There is nothing magical about fixing a chronic invisible body. Like the people who are stuck, we want something magical. And we don't have one magical thing that's going to fix everything. Like I think I was a, I was an outlier. I was an exception to the rule in that giving me two new discs So much. There are still other things, but I was not expecting that level of relief given the work it is for relief of every other one.
0: Wow.
1: I said, I do it for 30%. He said, Oh, no, no, I expect much more than 30. But do you understand how desperate I am? I would do it for 30. Mm. And I feel like, and that's the wow comment that you make. We hear so often in invisible illness where even even providers often going, Wow, like this is a lot. It's the wow factor. It's the, the overwhelm wow.
0: So how do we turn this, this what's like a setback into um, a superpower?
1: Mm. First, we recognize how incredibly intelligent and resilient our chronic illness patients are, our clients. And then we work to their superpowers. I even have multiple clients who I have take the Enneagram because I need to know more about why they're making the choices that they're making. Okay. And I've had them tell me it's enlightening. So the people who have a really hard time saying no, this example lately is I saw someone who's an Enneagram too. Her favorite thing is like giving love and being loved on. So she shows how much she loves her family, friends, and career by loving on people, by always saying yes when they need help. But yet then there's nothing left time or energy wise for herself to work on her own chronic issues. So we've been working on, not saying yes immediately even if it might be a long yes just pausing it because being giving and helping is one of her superpowers but i also know that deep diving the internet is another one so i'll limit her and say okay you get half an hour of deep dive in the internet four days a week <laughs> like let's set a timer because we know it could end up being el- it could be endless
0: well wow. down, go down that rabbit hole and get lost right on the internet for hours
1: Then it's been four hours, and then you're probably worse off than you started because now your brain is full of ideas. Your neck is cramped up, and now you're going to try to sleep, but your brain is too busy and jazzed up to sleep. That's right. The neurodiversity of my clients is so immense, so that they turn on their ADHD, neurodiverse, and they can become experts at anything they want, but they don't have the power to order the tests. They don't have the power to figure out exactly how much of which supplement given their own body. And that's where myself and their team comes in. But I say, you may love this supplement, but actually for what you have, the second choice is actually the best one for you.
0: And uh, share where your practice is located and uh, what services you offer. I see new and continuing clients, predominantly over
1: telemedicine. I have a clinic in Redmond, Washington. I see clients over telemedicine because it also improves their energy level and decreases their pain. I find that because I am a medical detective in what I do, it is not essential to see them in person. And it's enabled me to help so many more clients than I could being in a physical location. And I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do because you get to see the real life change of someone who hasn't had hope in a long time. And watch them become unlimited Mm. by something that you always felt would be so limiting in every way. And all of us deserve to live a limitless life,
0: infused with joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you work with, do you have clients in other states too? Do you do any coaching or anything like that or consults?
1: I do. I currently have licenses in Washington, Nevada and pending in Oregon. I'm going to be adding coaching because I have such high demand for it. I do a lot of consultation calls for providers in other states to give them direction on clients. but I understand that learning a new medical detective skill set immediately is challenging. So I'm going to be adding coaching, and I'm also going to start a medical detective training program because ultimately we need more people like me who also have prescriptive power in all of the states. And there's definitely enough demand. And I find that so many providers who have these invisible illnesses like myself, want to know more about their own body, but also help other people in the way in which they have been limited, just like I was. Mm. So they also want to become who they needed. So I want to share my
0: skill set with all of them. That's wonderful.
1: And hey, I love connecting. Yes. We love sharing a good case study and we want to share all of these success stories.
0: Wow, this is wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca.
1: You are welcome, Dr. Sabrina.
0: It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Because none of us should be stuck. Exactly. Exactly. None of us should be stuck. So you're social. Yeah. I'm at
1: Rebecca.med.detective. Okay. It's really just my personal one. I don't post much because I prefer to deep dive the research.
0: Okay. Understood. That's where all my time spent. Okay. And that information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for blessing me with your presence and your wisdom. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. Please subscribe to the show and write us a review. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.